from the Aberdeen Paediatric Society and I'm going to talk you through a paediatric endocrinology case. These cases are made to incorporate studying into relaxation so before we begin take three deep breaths and enjoy. Imagine you're a registrar currently on the paediatric ward and you're introduced to a three-week-old baby who's been vomiting up feet as well as failing to gain any weight. The doctor who clerked the baby, brought in by their father, mentioned that there was some discrepancy with the biological gender at birth, although prenatal scans were thought to be a female. On your examination, you note there is clear ambiguity to the baby's genitalia. The dad mentions he knows his younger sister was kept in hospital when she was born for similar symptoms. However, it has never been discussed as adults as to why this was. So, in hearing this, can you think of what might have caused this baby's symptoms? I'll give you a few moments to think. In this case, it is most likely congenital adrenal hyperplasia, mainly due to the ambiguous genitalia, but also as there may be a familial link to the baby's aunt. Congenital adrenal hyperplasia is a number of inherited enzyme deficiencies affecting corticosteroid synthesis in the adrenal glands, leading to low levels of cortisol and high levels of androgens. Cases can be described as classical or non-classical, with classical being further categorised into salt wasting and simple viralizing. In this case study, the baby is most likely to have a salt wasting classical congenital adrenal hyperplasia which can also present with diarrhoea, low blood pressure, and in severe cases can lead to shock. Around 90% of all cases are caused by a 21-hydroxylase deficiency. However, other mutations can occur, for example, in the 17-alpha-hydroxylase enzyme and the 11-beta-hydroxylase enzyme. Classical congenital adrenal hyperplasia is most likely to present in newborns and infants, whereas non-classical congenital adrenal hyperplasia presents from childhood to early adulthood. Milder cases presenting later in life will often present with early puberty, including rapid growth throughout childhood, reaching a max height earlier than their peers, yet presenting shorter than their parents. Appearance of pubic hair, irregular or absent periods, or enlarged genitalia. Now we have a potential diagnosis, what tests and investigations do you think should be completed? Again, I'll give you a few moments to think. As this baby has presented with physical, medical and a potential family history suggesting 21-hydroxylase deficiency, a rapid ACTH stimulation test can be completed by injecting 250 micrograms of ACTH. The 17 hydroxyprogesterone levels are measured before and an hour after stimulation. Classical congenital adrenal hyperplasia will have a high basal 17 hydroxyprogesterone level and an even higher result post ACTH stimulation. Non classical also sees elevation but not as severely as classical. Serum chemistry should be completed for those at risk of 21 hydroxylase deficiency. And if positive for this deficiency, 
would show hyponatremia, hyperkalemia and metabolic acidosis. If these results are negative, serum 11-deoxycortisol can be completed for 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency and would show high results for H. Cryotyping can also be completed to look for evidence of X and Y chromosomes and genetic testing of the parents can also be completed as this is inherited recessively. The first line treatment is glucocorticoids for all types of congenital adrenal hyperplasia and this treatment will have to be taken every day for the rest of the affected lives. This helps with the cortisol deficiency but also can prevent an effect on growth and puberty. Growth hormones are suggested in all types as an alongside treatment and genital surgery may be considered to correct appearance. So that is us at the end of the case. I hope you enjoyed it and it's been valuable for your studying. Good night.